broadband. We need it for work and for school, for our health and our economy. What's being done to bring broadband internet access within reach of every American? Let's talk about it now on Rural Broadband Today. Here's your host, Stephen Smith. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Stephen Smith, and I am welcoming to the podcast today, Miss Brandy Lyles. Brandy is the Manager of Marketing and Public Relations at FTC, which is the broadband provider not only of uh, our business at Word South Content Marketing Company, but is also here at my home. Uh, FTC does a great job, and they really, like so many other cooperatives across the country, both telco and electric cooperatives, were faced with the challenge of what to do about our annual meeting. The pandemic presented a lot of challenges, uh, particularly for cooperatives, and uh, do we host our annual meeting as normal, but try to use some social distancing and... Uh, Put some precautions into place. Do we do we scrap it? What and just reschedule for next year? Do uh, what do our bylaws say? I think if you're cooperative listening, you'll uh, gain some real insight from the way uh, Brandy and her team handled this. And you might just learn some things like Brandy did that you can apply to your annual meeting for next year. So let's listen in to my conversation with Brandy Lives. And welcome to Rural Broadband Today. Thanks for joining us, uh, Brandy. It's uh, great to have you on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we've been been looking forward to this. Um, we we're going to be talking about the annual meeting, and of course, FTC is uh, is our local provider, and uh, we participated in this annual meeting. It was it was a great event, and I was uh, very impressed with how you had structured that to uh, accommodate certainly during these crazy times with uh, social distancing requirements and things that created a situation where you could not have your annual meeting in a in a normal fashion. You know, some companies, you know, they've taken different routes and some postponed and even canceled. And so you've, uh, you really jumped in there and tried to make something new and different out of this. And I think the results speak for themselves. So we'll just jump in here and let you kind of give us an overview of what you did with your annual meeting. And then we'll dive down in some details. Okay, great. So our bylaws state that we must have an annual meeting in the month of August or September. And we typically have our annual meeting on the first Saturday in August. And so this year we were able to provide an annual meeting and a special order of business. And that would meet our bylaw requirements. In doing so, we decided to have an annual meeting over a two-week period. And customers would be able to come by our office and register and vote by secret ballot on the business and the election of trustees. And this way, we were able to provide a contactless registration registration and voting method. So how was the decision made? Uh, Take us kind of behind the curtains as you were looking at all your options and you said, well, let's give this a try. Yes. So we definitely wanted to just go ahead and have an annual meeting. That's a big deal each year, and we just couldn't stand the thoughts of not having one. And obviously, with the pandemic going on, we were not going to host an event like we normally do because you do not want to have a mass gathering and be responsible for the spread of COVID. Um, So we decided under the special order that we would do a two-week annual meeting 
and our board of trustees went along with it. And um, so I guess there, the, the decision was made. And so we said we could try it. So when I set a goal of let's have a thousand registered members was my goal. Um, and obviously you've got to do something to entice people to come and you've got to give them a benefit to come. So we did that by offering great, great daily door prizes and additional door prizes, grand prize, and also a $20 bill credit. And we did the $20 bill credit so that we wouldn't have to touch, you know, a gift. And also we were trying to do that through the drive through So obviously we didn't have the means, you know, logistically to hand them a gift through the drive through Right, right. Everyone that shows up and, and participated, registered, came away with something and kept you from having to pass a uh, cutting board or an iron skillet or something like that, large through the drive Exactly. Um, now, we did give them one treat. We did go ahead and give them some hand sanitizer. <laughs> right, right. Um, normally, uh, you go to an annual meeting, uh, you register, you go through the entertainment, the business meeting, and then there's door prizes at the end. But uh, I, I thought that was a great approach that instead of waiting until the end of the thing when it was all wrapped up across two weeks, that uh, that you gave door prizes actually at the end of every day. And talk a little bit about how you did those. I thought that was a clever approach using, uh, using Facebook. So t- tell us about that. Okay. So this year, you know, 2020 has been a business unusual. That was our theme. And then we also wanted to have a theme of 20 for 2020. So with that, there comes the $20 bill credit. And then also we gave away 20 door prizes. And so each day we gave a daily door prize away. So all customers that came by and registered that day was in the drawing for that daily door prize. And we did that every day at the end of the day through Facebook Live. And um, we experienced the Facebook Live deal for the first time. And let me just say, it's much harder than it looks. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then, especially when you have an audience. <laughs> so um, an internal audience. So then... Um, we gave away nine additional door prizes on the last day. So if you didn't win any of the daily door prizes, then you was in the drawing for the nine additional door prizes on the very last day. And then everyone, even if you won a daily door prize, went back in the drawing for the grand prize in which we always give a, or typically give a surplus vehicle away during as a grand prize. So we gave away 20 prizes. Now we do typically try to do a, an electronic gift, you know, that customers have to use their Wi-Fi for. So, yeah, that's great. That's a great tie-in. Uh, and you had some really good prizes. Tell us, tell us what some of those were. Okay, so um, we had a we had an iPad, we had a smart TV, we had a one year of gig internet service, a Roomba vacuum, um, a, a FTC Total Connect security service with one-year monitoring, an Apple Watch, a locked box. And not many people knew who that, what that was, but that is a box that you control with your Wi-Fi if, like, you order things online and it's shipped and you're, you know, to prevent people from stealing your packages. So you can control it with your Wi-Fi and open it up and, and lock it after your FedEx guy or... Um, 
mail person drops off your packages. Yeah. We gave a Google Chromebook, a Wi-Fi coffee maker, and a Wi-Fi pellet grill. That was that's the gift we would have loved, the Traeger. Mm-hmm. Um, we, <laughs> and then, you know, because of the pandemic, you know, money's a little tight. So we bought some uh, $250 gift cards from our local grocery store. That went over really well. Oh, I bet. Wireless Bluetooth speaker, a smart Instapot, a Roku Ultra, and a Wi-Fi grilling thermometer. And then, you know, our grand prize was a surplus truck, which is a 2007 Chevrolet Syndicate Colorado truck. So all the gifts is something that I would have wanted. So Yeah, very nice. Me, and me that's too. what I heard. Uh, yeah. That's what I heard from everyone. There's like, there's not a gift on there that I wouldn't want. So. <laughs> Well, um, you, you mentioned you went across two weeks and tell us a little bit about why you chose two weeks and, and, uh, what, what lessons learned from that time span. Okay. So because it was the first time that we entertained having an annual meeting in this manner, um, we just wanted to ensure that we give people the, the opportunity to participate in the business of, of the cooperative. And so we just elected to do it over a two-week period, but a valuable lesson was learned. Um, We didn't need that two-week period. Um, We could definitely get that um, over in one week. So we can host the annual meeting in one week because we met court on our very first day. Wow, that's great. So how many did you end up registering across those two weeks? We ended up registering 2,060 members. That is the most participation we've had in the history of the cooperative. Wow. Double your goal. Yes, absolutely. So what do you attribute that to, Brandy? What, uh, what, what do you think brought out? Because that's a much different way to have an annual meeting and get people to get out and go through the drive-through, fill out the registration. I mean, it's a little bit of a hassle. How, what, what were some things you did to get folks really excited and enticed to come participate? Well, I think it made it easier and more convenient because I feel like, like many people, are extremely busy. And it's hard for people to want to give up a Saturday morning. Um, you know, we provided them a benefit with the 20, I think the $20 bill credit definitely attributed to the participation. And then, you know, the door prizes, but we also made it very, very convenient for customers. They could just zip through our drive through, they were in and out. Except for the first day, I mean, essentially in minutes. The first day we had a line um, that, you know, was backed up early morning. But other than that, it was pretty painless and quick. We also extended our business hours a couple of hours. Um, we typically close at 4 and we extended that to 6 p.m. That way people that work till 5 had an opportunity to drive down and get through the drive through. Okay. That was great. That was great. So very customer centric there. That's that's good. Taking care of the members. Yes. So you're walking into a situation that you have no idea what to expect. A thousand was your goal, but you didn't know if you get half of that. If it would take two weeks, obviously you extended it two weeks, hoping that uh, you would get that. Having no idea what the participation was going to be. How do you uh, prep your staff uh, for that? Take us a little peek behind the curtain. Others that might. Uh, be looking at doing something like this? What are some lessons learned and how how do you get your staff ready for that? 
Okay. Well, we definitely did learn a few lessons. Um, and we we did have a meeting with the CSRs and the cashiers ahead of time and went over the registration packet, what it was going to look like, what our tickets were going to look like, you know, that was being mailed to the members. And it has a QR code on it. Um, we used NIC app suite to register our annual meeting members. Um, and so some key things would be to make sure that CSRs practice or whomever is going to register your members and next year uh, with that said we're going to pull some other people in for, uh, within the company to help with that registration process so that we don't just overwhelm the cashiers and um, CSRs because the CSRs still had to do obviously their regular order of business each day they weren't just dedicated to you know annual meeting so um, we will have more detailed meetings to train employees how to use AppSuite and practice before the day of. Even though you're trained on it, sometimes you panic until you actually go through that process. So, um, All right. So hands-on, it really helps with that, I'm sure. Absolutely. So have some practice um, sheets so and accounts where everybody gets to go through that process ahead of time. So did you, you, you mentioned there was a long line on the first day. Did you run into any other challenges that you didn't anticipate and how did you overcome those? Um, well, making sure everybody on that she's in the app suite definitely has the right credentials. So it's an easy process. So make sure all that is um, handled ahead of time. We did have a tent outside to help with some of that, um, traffic the first few and busy times and then also making sure you have proper signage to kind of guide people and or people out there directing traffic a little bit if there's a long line oh great idea so you had a you had a tent so not everyone had to go through uh the actual drive-through window you could take more more than one person at a time Yes, we had, um, actually, we have multiple drive-through windows. So we had two windows open and then a tent where people could go through that line. It, and we did have signage out there that says, hey, annual meeting, registration, and voting line only. Oh, good idea. So that if that's the only order of business that you were coming to do, you could just get through that line and not have to go through the other line. But And then if you had other orders of business with the cooperative you could go to the other line because some people were coming by to pay their bill or uh, and that is one thing we ended up having the date on the um, near a cutoff date so lesson learned oh. make sure you properly plan around your cutoff dates and you wouldn't have a um, annual meeting during those dates oh. pretty busy on those dates and so with the office closed uh those people coming and with your lobby, you know, closed because of the pandemic, those people coming to pay on the cutoff dates are having to go through the drive through in addition to your normal traffic yes. of people coming to pay their bill. Yes. Okay. Now we did open up our business office because this was the first time. Um, and we didn't want to, we wanted to make sure that we were giving everybody the opportunity to participate. Um, in the annual meeting, we didn't want to look like we were having any barriers at whatsoever. 
because we were a little nervous about that. But we did open up a lobby for in-person registration. But we really did focus on contactless registration through the drive-through. I think people appreciate that. But we did have a lot of people walk in. I think people were eager to get out. Hmm. So now that you've gone through this and uh, you've got one year under your belt and you're thinking about uh, next year, because I, I know that planning for the next annual meeting always happens a couple of days after the last one is over. So are you guys uh, considering doing the same format for 2021? Yes, we are. We have actually uh, met and then I will create a proposal for our board of trustees to vote on. And we are hopeful that we will get to continue this format in 2021. And I guess as you're doing the proposal, you're uh, certainly looking at the the feedback that you've gotten from members. Tell us about uh, what that's been like. What kind of feedback have you gotten? So we had all positive feedback. Oh. Um, Everyone loved it. Um, They loved it. I guess, you know, it's hard to get somewhere that one day in a four-hour period, which is what's typical. And so we, with a multi-day format, you have, a, you know, a better opportunity to come and participate. So obviously we're not going to have it over a two-week period, but we do want to have it um, in two weeks. So we're going to, our format, our proposed, format will be from a Wednesday until a Tuesday of the following week. That way it allows people, you know, if they're unavailable one week, hopefully they're available the next week. Okay. Well, good luck with that. Uh, did you see any uh, changes, Brandy, in maybe the, the demographics that you would normally see coming to that annual meeting in person on Saturday? Was there different age ranges that you might uh, have not seen before? Uh, yes, I do. I think this, I mean, this was beneficial for everyone. Typically, in a traditional formatted annual meeting, the demographics are probably ranging from, I mean, the majority of the attendees are probably 50 years and up. Mm-hmm. And this year, I would say, um, it, I mean, we had all ages because everyone was excited. There's, We had more buzz about this year's annual meeting than we ever have. Employees said, no one has ever, none of my friends have ever messaged me about the annual meeting, and I've got more messages than I ever have regarding oh. our annual meeting this week, asking questions. So, And I think social media played a huge part in that. Wow. Well, that's, that's, that's very insightful. There might be a way to, I know as a lot of cooperatives look at, you know, the concern with the, the, the aging demographic that is uh, active and really, you know, engaged with the, the cooperative in terms of the annual meeting anyway. And they, they, they look at that and wonder how can we uh, reach out to and engage a, a younger crowd. This might, this might be a key to that. It, it definitely was for us. So there are uh, some other cooperatives uh, listening to this show and they think, oh, that sounds like a great idea. I would uh, definitely want to try that for next year. Uh, do you have any advice for them to, you know, overall advice for them to consider? Hey, I say try it. You have to try stuff to know if it would work. So um, I felt certain we could get a thousand members and then 
I do remember having the conversation with our CFO. I said, now, I think at best, I think at best we would have 2,000 members. So we even beat that. So, and hey, you won't know if you don't try. Absolutely. That's absolutely right. And uh, FTC has always been cutting edge and, and trying new things. And this is certainly out there. But I think the the theme of the annual meeting, uh, as you mentioned earlier, was business unusual. And I think that sums up not just the, your approach to it, but so many things that's happening in this, this current state. So uh, hats off to you guys for pulling off a, a very successful event, going out on a limb, trying something new, and it being a, a great service to your members. Oh, thank you. Well, Brandy, thank you so much uh, for joining us on the, the show today. And thank you, our listeners, to Rural Broadband Today, where we take a look at the people in the issue shaping the rural broadband story across America. I'm your host, Stephen Smith, and this program is produced by WordSouth, a content marketing company. Please share this episode with your network and help us tell the rural broadband story. Thanks for listening. Rural Broadband Today is a production of WordSouth, a content marketing company.